it's Andrew Wilkow. Here's my opening monologue from today's Wilkow Majority on Sirius XM Patriot. Got a nice write-up on redstate.com this past weekend. We'll get into it in just a little bit. A writer was so inspired by my phrase, zero liability voter, that he called the program. Didn't identify himself as, I don't think he had identified himself as, no, he he didn't identify himself as a red state columnist. And then went ahead and wrote a really complimentary, incredible write-up about the use of the phrase zero liability voter. And I, you know, look, I'm very heartened by it. One of the things I always say on this program, and I notice from time to time things that, as I say, you know, one step ahead of the crowd, you're a leader, two steps, you're a crackpot. It's not my phrase, but you know, I'm using it. My quote, I mean. I don't mind being on the sort of outer fringes of, of thinking. I, I, don't, I don't mind from time to time doing that. Because sooner or later, it all catches up. Why do you, I mean, if you've been listening to this program for any length of time, have you ever noticed that like my predictions come true 99.9% of the time? I don't, what I'm getting at is I don't need, it's, I, I gotta be honest, this is a, a huge compliment that somebody would write this column. But if I hear somebody picking up on something that I say, I just assume two things, you know, great minds think alike. Maybe they had the same thought and that I don't really need people to cite me. I mean, it's, it's, it's nice. You know, it's, it's nice. I mean, like the state based, uh, state based electoral college, you guys know that was my idea. Zero liability voter. That's mine. The will count guide to two a media percent. You know, if you listen to this program, but it's more important that this stuff gets out and into people's minds than it is whether or not I'm placed on some pedestal somewhere. That's 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 not what I'm what I'm worried about. Winetick six ninety five Patriot nine five seven two eight seven four. So the Democrats have now decided that the word infrastructure, like COVID relief, simply means whatever they want to spend money on. Here you have one of one of Biden's people, Cecilia Rouse, on Face the Nation. We have to upgrade the definition of infrastructure. Cut seven. About 5% of the funding goes to infrastructure. Um, viewers can take a look at the breakdown here of all the programs that are uh, called for funding on. Um, but of the $620 billion for infrastructure upgrades, it includes incentivizing purchases of electric cars. Can you honestly call this a focus on building roads and bridges? I think it's important that we upgrade our definition of infrastructure, one that meets the needs of a 21st century economy. And that means we need to be funding and incentivizing those structures that allow us to maximize our economic activity. So incentivizing electric vehicles is really important because we need to be addressing climate change. If we think about the opportunity cost of not doing so, we're just going to keep paying for it. And we know that we need to be encouraging our industries to be be tilting towards, you know, greener production, greener technologies. Okay. So pretty soon we're going to start talking about social structures, aren't we? And social constructs and then social infrastructure. We, we know this is coming. 
these words don't have any real meanings anymore. So if, if, if real meaning anymore, if, if, if we thought the government was spending money on COVID relief and they gave $270 million to the National Endowment of the Arts and Humanities, well, they need relief. There's the 25 million for the Kennedy Center. Or we're going to fund education and teacher pensions five years into the future having nothing to do with PPE or hand sanitizer or anything else. It's all COVID relief. So now everything is infrastructure. Anything they want to spend money on is going to be infrastructure. And who's front and center here? Who got to become head of the Senate Finance Committee? The bum, the commie. Bernie Sanders, play cut six. So do you think that things that one could argue are important but not necessarily part of an infrastructure package, such as dealing with college debt, you think that that should be part of the bill? Well, you know, it it depends on what you call infrastructure. Uh, uh, Roads and bridges and tunnels are infrastructure. But I think many of us see a crisis in human infrastructure when a working class family can't find good quality, affordable childcare, that's human infrastructure. One of the areas that I am working on right now is the need to expand Medicare uh, in order to provide dental care and hearing aids and eyeglasses for millions and millions of seniors who need these services but can't afford it. Is that infrastructure? I think it is. Look, Jake, the truth is, in so many ways, we are behind many other countries throughout the world in providing for working families and the elderly and the children. And I think now is the time to begin addressing our physical infrastructure and our human Mm. infrastructure. I want to see that happen as soon as possible. Okay, so everything now is infrastructure. Everything. Every universal pre-K, eyeglasses, Everything is now infrastructure. And you know what we need after Amtrak? Never in its history making a penny. Always being a loser. Losing $80 million a year on food and beverage. That's the New York Times, not Andrew Wilkow. What does Abilio Acosta say? Well, you know what we need? We need some more Amtrak. Cut eight. New York Times, where Annie works, Biden plans stresses jobs and roads. Washington Post, the plan draws opposition. So quite a difference between these two front pages, Jim. And maybe it's good to have both. Maybe that's just a sign of a diverse media ecosystem. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's a good thing. I, I don't think we should be all covering it the same way. <laughs> and, you know, as Annie was saying, there, there's a lot to be covered uh, in this Biden infrastructure plan. Uh, we, we got used during the Trump era, the, uh, you know, to think of uh, infrastructure week as a joke. Uh, it's it, this might be an infrastructure year uh, in how right. we cover all of this. And I mean, you know, as far as I'm concerned, uh, can we just have a, a damn high speed train in this country? I mean, can I please <laughs> get to New York uh, to, from New York to Washington without problems on the Acela? And can I get on the Wi-Fi, by the way, uh, right. when I ride the train and have that not be a problem? I mean, we have some major infrastructure problems in this country. You were just talking about broadband. I've been traveling in, uh, down south and out west. There are still parts of this country where they can't get access to the Internet. And oh, by the way, 
uh, you know, when we talk about this coronavirus pandemic, so many people out there, especially elderly people, have been needing to go online uh, to set up their vaccine appointments. And, you know, many of those folks may not have access to the Internet or not know how to use the Internet very well. Right. And, and I think that is a major problem. So, Abilio, Jim Acosta has bougie problems. The train doesn't move fast enough for him, and the Wi-Fi is not snappy enough for him. Who runs the Acela? Oh, wait, that's Amtrak. Who runs Amtrak? Oh, wait, that's the government. So you're telling me all they need now is more of our resources, more of our money? They lose $80 million a year on food and freaking beverage. Food and beverage. You know who sat on the board of directors? Hunter Biden. Amtrak loses money every single year. But do we see the plan here? Put this all together. I'm way out there. I get it. You've got this crisis at the border. We know the Democrats have absolutely no intent. These kids are just, they're not even anchor babies because they weren't born here, but they are serving that purpose. They're going to move them ever further away from the border. They're going to move them into the interior. We've already seen that while schools are still locked down for American kids with citizen taxpayer parents, they are opening up in-person education for migrant kids in San Diego. This is going... Let me just take a little tangent here so you know how this is going to, the, 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 how this is going to work at the beginning. What you're going to see happen is you're going to see senior Biden administration officials selecting towns within congressional districts they really want to flip, right? In Texas and Oklahoma, perhaps Wyoming, Idaho, uh, states that they, they just have almost no chance of winning at this point, South Dakota. And they're going to bring... Families, individuals, mostly kids, to these, to a facility in one of these towns. And what's going to happen? Well, they're going to start hiring local. They're going to hire teachers, nurses, food service workers, right? And then those people, they're going to go out and spend their money. They're going to go to the grocery store. They're going to go out to restaurants. I mean, these are, after all, terrible, awful, no good red states. They're gonna. You're gonna start to see how immigration, positively on paper, affects the economy of these local local economies. Right? You're gonna have all of a sudden people getting hired. What's gonna happen if evil, awful Republicans come along and say, "That's it. We're not gonna play this game anymore. We're gonna deport all of these people, and then we're gonna close these facilities." Well, it's like closing a military base. Or a college, right? Once you have a college town or a military-based town, whoever represents that town in Congress will fight to the death to keep that facility open. Even if the military says, we don't need this, or the state university system says, we're going to consolidate campuses, they find a way. They find a way to fight tooth and nail to keep whatever it is open, open. And the Democrats know this. They are very wily. And as this goes on, and these kids are living in these facilities, little by little, 
mom and dad are going to show up. And mom and dad are going to settle in these communities. Now, what's happening already? Affirmatively furthering fair housing, the green new disaster, everything is infrastructure. They're talking about parts of the country where they don't have access to high-speed broadband. Well, let me say it like this. If those people wanted it, they wouldn't live in the far reaches. They would move closer. There's broadband in Bismarck. There's broadband in Boise. Did it ever occur to some of these people that maybe there are people that don't want to live with high-speed broadband, and they don't want to live with high-speed rail, and they don't want to live with a a massive infrastructure package in their backyard, even if it means a short-term economic gain. Did they ever think of that? Of course not. In the minds of the people at CNN and the coastal elite Democrat Party, you redneck crazy people living off the grid, you don't know what's good for you. We need to slap you around and nudge you until you do exactly as we say, and your kids are influenced by the internet. They never thought that maybe some people don't want to live with traffic congestion, don't want to live with dense populations. Maybe they just want to be where they are, or else they wouldn't be there. Everything doesn't have to be midtown Manhattan, you know. But that's that's what the left is saying. But why are they saying? Well, how do these people tend to vote? On things like guns, abortion, private property. Private property is a big thing. People that live out in rural areas have a very different relationship with private property than people who live in condos in Chicago. Private property is almost sacred to these people. Well, why do you think they want to bring high-speed rail? Why do you think? Who is demanding sewer upgrades and road upgrades and internet upgrades and all the things that seem to come with big city living? Are the people in these districts? Because they keep voting for the party that's against it. So clearly in Many of these parts of the country that Jim Acosta thinks are somehow beneath him. These people haven't asked for this stuff. And they don't want this stuff. Maybe some people do. You know, even in the reddest place, there's going to be a a, a whacked out liberal. Just like in the reddest places, there are going to be crazy uh, progressives. It it just is what is it. We're not monolithic. But traditionally, traditionally, people that are living in these areas obviously like the quiet existence or else they would move somewhere else. It's easier for a person to move from a sparsely populated rural area to a more densely populated uh, po- populated area than to bring all of the things of the densely populated area out to the rural area. Life, li- life is supposed to be, this is, again, this is how the Communist Manifesto works. The abolition of the distinction between town and country by a more equitable distribution of the population over the territory. Almost verbatim, Karl Marx and Frederick Engels. What they're saying is, we are now nesting for you. We are going to start building this high-speed rail. We are going to start doing these sewer upgrades. We are going to widen the roads. We are going to bring in the power lines because we have a plan to bring the people there. That's, what, that's where affirmatively furthering fair housing comes in. They are going to start densifying rural red congressional districts with air fingers, quote, 
multi-family, economically diverse housing. Why? Because they want to flip these places blue. It's pretty basic. You're going to move in a whole bunch of people from the border into the interior. Like I said, where they go is going to take on a certain sense of permanence. And as they have to hire, aha, more social workers, more public school teachers, from what political ranks do you think these people are going to come? Oh, yes, right. So in these multifamily economically diverse housing units, you're going to have a whole bunch of people that were moved in from the border and then a whole bunch of people that move there to take advantage of these government programs and gain employment. So they're going to make blueberries in the tomato soup where they need to flip congressional districts and states. It's a very, very easy to see plan if you're watching what they're doing. I'm 100% right about this. Wyatt 695 Patriot 9572874. We are right. They are wrong. That's the end of the story. The arguments on this radio program cannot be broken. Serious XM Patriot. You can join me live on the Will Count Majority Monday to Friday, noon to 3 East, 9 to noon West on Serious XM Patriot Channel 125. <laughs>